0: Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hello everybody, Bridget McGowan here and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. Today I have with me Mr. Jason A Dixon. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Bridget, how you doing? Thank you for having me so much.
0: I am doing well. Now, you and I share a common passion and that's education and students. I used to teach. I taught at Prairie View a and I taught at Lone Star College in Houston and I also taught for University of Phoenix and A quick, interesting little factoid. I taught at all three simultaneously.
1: Wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) You putting the work in.
0: Man, I was young and just had a lot of energy and didn't know what to do with myself. So I said, let's just teach and hang out with students. Yeah. I
1: bet they kept you going, huh? They kept you busy. Yeah,
0: oh, man, oh, man. They kept me going. They kept me good and busy. Good and busy. <laughs> I miss that life actually. I miss some parts of it. Yeah. Now you're 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 the lucky one of the two of us because <laughs> you still work with students. You mm-hmm. are inspiring them to succeed on a regular basis. I want to start with a story because one of my mm-hmm. recent podcast guests said that you should connect. Then bring content. I'm all about bringing content. I worry about connecting with you later. No, I'm kidding, but
1: <laughs>
0: hear... <laughs> get down to business. <laughs> I want to hear about a story that you have that's just never left you, whether it was something during a presentation, whether it was a conversation with a student a story that has just stuck with you and just lights your soul?
1: That's a great question. I'm going to take you back to when I started speaking because that is a story I tell a lot when I go speaking to students because that's when I really found myself. So imagine being uh, the only Black kid at your school and this is in high school. And being, I was elected to uh, be one of the the attendees on the homecoming court. And you have to give a speech to the entire school during that that, that, uh, homecoming week. And so I was going up against the the head head principal's son and one of the the smartest kids in our class. Then you had me, little old me, who who was just kind of shy, didn't really... You talk to a lot of people, kind of an introvert. And so I gave my speech and there was so much that I had to say. I didn't know what I wanted to say. I just knew I had something to say. And the first thing I said, my mom was up on on the uh, top row in the gymnasium. The first thing I said to her was, uh, mom, you're the queen of my heart. Because boys the Man, the mama song was very popular at the time. And so the whole the whole crowd, all the girls in the crowd, they do oh, and I'm I'm thinking to myself like I got this in the bag, I'm, I'm winning this thing. <laughs> but that during that that speech, one one thing that happened is I discovered my voice. I discovered the fact that I wasn't, you know, what I I I made myself to believe I was, um, and I I really. Uh, Embrace that moment. And that was the, that was the day that I really felt like this is something that I was created and called to do as a speaker. And so when I I go and speak in, you know, at schools to students, whether it be middle school, high school, college students, I I reflect back on that moment because I, I see so many people who, who are like I was at that point in time in my life. They don't believe their story matters. They don't believe their voice matters. They don't believe their They're not important because they may not be the star of the football team or the head cheerleader or or the head of student council. And so they don't think their story matters. And I tell them your story matters because it's you and there's never going to be another you in this lifetime. So embrace it and become the best version of yourself that you can be. Wow,
0: I, I hear you completely. And it's really interesting how this fearful moment was this moment that's just never left you and was something a pivotal moment right. in your speaking career now that was high school I was I was on homecoming court too in okay. college okay. I, I was surprise surprise Jason I was miscommunication
1: oh really wow yep <laughs> me
0: and Theo Johnson. Yes, sir. We were Mr. miscommunication. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you I
1: remember was, it like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, I
0: was so fine too, with my little copper dress on. You couldn't tell me a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> so, how long after that—that that was high school—how long after that were you making presentations on a regular basis? Where this was this was your thing. This was your profession how long after that
1: well after after high school that was my senior year i actually won homecoming king also because of that speech but after yes. <laughs> yeah but, yeah so we after that i i, I went on to study at Green state university in ohio and i majored in uh, journalism so i really went down the path of writing I didn't know there was an opportunity or a platform for me to to cultivate and hone my skills as a speaker and and honestly, I wasn't ready to really dive into that i mean that was a that was a one off right that was an inspiring speech but i I didn't think in my mind that I could do this for a living you know I just had a lot of a lot of stuff to say <laughs> you know so I didn't really think that it was something that I could pursue as a as a as a career uh but what it did do was gives me confidence in terms of, you know, being able to communicate in some form or fashion. And so it really, it really gave me the, the motivation to go down the path of journalism and, and, and write. And that's, and, and ironically, working as a journalist in, in college uh, and pursuing that career path during that time helped me improve my communication skills as a speaker.
0: Do you, start your presentation, so when you prepare for a presentation, is that where it starts with writing? Do you, like, do you write out a script? Do you write bullet points, or do you just dive right into your PowerPoint uh, deck and start designing? Do you do research? How do you typically start preparing for new speaking engagement?
1: Oh, great question, great question. Well, I have this thing, and it's, it's, it's called start with the heart, and, and and before before I do anything before I I start, I prepare before I you know research I start with the heart I was like okay like so really what's in my soul what is in my heart to 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 deliver to this audience uh, again and and most of the times a lot of the times actually I'm talking to young people and you know you know you know from working with young people you have to get their attention. You have to find a way to get their attention because if you don't, you're going to lose them right off the bat. So one of the things I, I I love to do is start with the heart. I love to connect with them on an on an emotional level, and sometimes it's making them laugh. Sometimes it's it's giving them a story. Sometimes it's an, an attention grabbing moment that'll make them think. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I as I'm preparing for these these presentations, I start with the heart. And then I start to write out. I envision myself. It's kind of like an athlete. I used to coach, so I t- I implement a lot of the things that I learned as a coach into my presentations. I envision, I visualize what the, what the presentation is going to look like. No different than a LeBron James may envision himself going out and scoring 40 points in a basketball game. So I envision myself. What what is this presentation going to look like? How can I connect with the audience? What can I do? during this moment to make sure that they stay engaged? And ultimately, how do I get them involved? Because one thing I've learned is that when I give speeches, the speeches are never about me. They're about the audience. They're about how can I create transformation in their lives? How can I leave a lasting moment for them um, that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives?
0: i like the the coaching analogy and just envisioning yourself winning envisioning yourself scoring it's it's like thinking with the end game in mind you're starting mm-hmm. with the heart but also beginning with the end what is it this is a this is a question that i always ask context when mm-hmm. we are doing a discovery call about a speaking engagement opportunity the the question is what do you want everybody to know or to be mm-hmm. able to do by the end of my presentation that that's
1: yeah.
0: that's a question that I must ask before I hang up that phone yeah and it drives how my presentation is designed because mm. when I'm finding out from my contact what it is they want the audience to know or to be able to do by the end of that presentation i am essentially getting at the heart of what mm-hmm. you want me to accomplish on that stage so it it just makes me think of that reverse engineering concept right, with right. with your presentation
1: yeah that's yeah you're you're absolutely right i love that and 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 really it it like you said i mean asking that question what can i deliver to the audience that's really going to and and getting getting that answer from the person who's who's reaching out to you it helps it helps you in terms of preparing your presentation you know and knowing what it is that you're you're going to be able to deliver to the audience
0: right it keeps you from just kind of guessing and you know just kind of going going at it blindly
1: right right
0: everything Everybody, Jason A. Dixon is (laughs) the guest for you. He He is the speaker for you if you want to know how to turn your goods into greatness. He is a motivational speaker who inspires students to succeed by helping them unlock their potential. With more than 15 years in the speaking game, he has made it his mission. To transform lives with his powerful presence and presentations. He is no stranger to overcoming the odds or infusing his audiences with the belief that they can do the same. So I am so happy to have you on today. You are a man who is sincerely committed to helping young people win in the game of life. Now, I've got to do some prying here, Jason. I've got to ask.
1: Oh, I'm ready.
0: Give me an example of an odd that you had to overcome.
1: Hmm. Great question. Great question. Well, I was I was uh born with a disability uh and I you know throughout my childhood I I never knew what it was. It was undiagnosed and I I, would, I was very clumsy. I struggled with my fine motor skills. There were there were just moments when I would be outside playing, walking down the stairs and I would just trip and fall you know and uh eventually we found out when i was around nine ten years old that i, I struggled with a um an, a disability that affected my hand and eye coordination and severely weakened my muscles and i remember one time we went to uh the doctor and they really couldn't identify what it was but they made this diagnosis and said that you know my muscles would and my legs would uh weaken so much that eventually I would be confined to a wheelchair. Now, the interesting thing about this diagnosis was that I never knew about it. I I didn't know about it, but my mom showed me the letter that the doctors had written to her stating this when I was about 25 years old. And the first thing I asked my mom when she showed me this letter was, okay, mom, hold up, time out why are you showing me this letter right now why didn't you show me this letter when i was nine ten years old at the time they wrote it at the time they made this diagnosis and she said to me the son i didn't show you the letter because i didn't want you to believe what they were saying i didn't want you to start i didn't want those thoughts and those ideas and that belief to penetrate your mind and i understood and, and i started to reflect back to moments during my childhood where I still had, there was still evidence of the, you know, of the of the of the the disability affecting me. But there were times where you know, I, would, um, I was very fast. You know, there were times where I was, you know, just embracing, you know, all the 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 gifts that I had, you know, and um, and I I, I thought back to, you know, I probably would have believed what they said at the time. I I would have never gone on to run track in high school. I would have never gone on to run track in college. I would have never, you know, gone on to do all the went homecoming king, all these things, because my my mindset would have been different. And so I think about that time, and that really set the stage for me being um, a, a person of perseverance, a person of resilience and resolve, starting with that moment right there, because that moment defined me in a lot of different ways, because it was like... I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe what others say, you know, and, and my spirit, my belief, my my belief in God, it, 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 I'm an overcomer, you know, and, and we all are. That's one thing I like to tell young people. We all have something that we've overcome and let that be a reminder that when you face another obstacle, you've done this before. So you don't have to be discouraged because your whole life is all about overcoming. And so you can do it.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. How, how long did it take you to get comfortable with sharing your story with other people?
1: Wow. uh, You know, it took a, it took me a while, you know, it took me a while because, you know, I still had, uh, it still affected me in a lot of different ways. It affected me when I wrote. Um, I would get made fun of when I would write. You know, people would tease me and you know, saying that I wrote like a kindergartner, I wrote like a little kid. So it affected me in that way. It affected me when I would drive. Uh, you know, it affected me, you know, I struggled walking in a straight line. So the conditions were still evident that the you know, the, they still affected me in a lot of ways. So I was really self-conscious, you know, uh and and you know, I told you I wrote I worked as a reporter in college. Um, I did a lot of uh, typing, uh, a lot of recording, um, but never writing because I just struggled writing. So I would say probably in my 30s, my 30s is when I really felt confident about that. Now, that's a long time, (laughs) That's a long time. But uh, that's probably when I started to really feel confident about sharing that story with people.
0: Well you you have to be comfortable and confident with your story before you can comfortably and confidently share it to others in a way right. that they can learn from it so Exactly. It, it, as long as it takes you everybody there is no time limit mm. on when you should share your story and and what is you know too soon or too late or what have you? we have guests all the time we talk about being authentic and sharing stories, and I know some of us a lot of us have some really tough stories out there, and it's you're still trying to wrap your minds around like, right makes like there's no way I'm getting on the stage I'll sitting the tough be vulnerable, be authentic right I ain't, I, no way
1: right, right. So, yeah.
0: As however long it takes you to get comfortable with sharing mm. your story, you you take that time because I'm one mm. of those people too. You take the time that is necessary. And in a few minutes, Jason, you'll be able to ask me a question. I have another one for you. Why is it important for people to know your story? Why, why should everybody make sure mm. that uh, their story ends up on others' radars?
1: Wow. wow. You know what? I'm a reader. And one of the things I love to do is go to Barnes & Noble and just sit in the, uh, in the coffee area and just read books. Sometimes they get mad at me because, they're like, are you going to buy this book? And I'm like, <laughs> I just sit there for hours and hours and I love to just read the books. But if you go to Barnes & Noble or any bookstore, you'll see thousands and thousands of books. And the reason that, that is the case is because everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a perspective. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has some information, some knowledge that they feel like uh, can help make the world a better place, help change somebody's life. So when you think about the idea of people of people telling their story to others, just think of it like this. Your story uh, could save somebody's life. It could change somebody's life. And like I said earlier, there'll never be another Bridget. There'll never be another Jason. There'll never be another you for listeners. You're going to be the only person to ever exist. And so your perspective, your, your story, the things that you've experienced, you're the only person who can tell that. And it could impact somebody's life in a tremendous way. And that's something I had to learn. You know, that's why I had to really become comfortable with sharing my story. Because how am I going to get up in front of young people and tell them to be true and tell them to be honest, tell them to give them their very best in school, sports, at home, wherever it is. And I'm not being true to myself and telling them who I really am and what I've truly had to overcome throughout my life.
0: So it reminds me of something that another one of my guests said a long time ago his name's artesian he mm. said something to the effect of and i'm sure this isn't original to artesian but your mess wait well, no 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 your mess may be somebody else's message right right so
1: yeah
0: even if you look at your story as being oh it's it's you know it's so tough it's so challenging it's so difficult if you keep it inside you are really." shortchanging somebody who could really learn from
1: you. Right. Exactly. You're right. You're right about that.
0: What is your question for me?
1: Wow. You know, Bridget, I told you earlier I'm a, a former journalist, right? So I, I love Uh-oh. asking oh. questions. So, oh. so here, wow. <laughs> hey, well, you open <laughs> you open that that can of worms. So now here we <laughs> so here's, okay, here's my question. Here's my question. Uh, What is a a story that you have that inspires you to keep doing what you do uh, in your life?
0: I used to be a faculty development consultant, and that's a long word for I used to teach professors how to teach a long title for that's that's what I did. I traveled the country and I would present workshops and conference sessions and I would put on conferences with my colleagues who were also educators or former educators or administrators at colleges and universities around the country. Hmm. And one story that keeps me fired up and motivates me to keep doing what I do is a lesson that some of those educators and professors and I would teach each other time and time again. And that was in those sessions I would do topics, you know, on active learning or active lecturing or classroom management techniques or what have you. It didn't matter what the topic was when it came to teaching this was one of the lessons or one of the, I don't know. Yeah. We'll say lessons Hmm. that would come up all the time. And it was be the educator, be the teacher that you wish you had had when you were a student.
1: Ah, I love that. I love that.
0: Get rid of the titles, forget about the research don't worry about the awards you've won. Leave the ego and all that good stuff at the door and walk in that room and be the teacher, the educator, the professor, whatever title you want to give yourself. Be that person at the front of the room you wish you had had when you were out there in the audience
1: wow. as wow. a
0: student. And something else that I loved from those conversations was this. You never know if your kind word that you share with a student is the first time an educator ever said anything positive to that student.
1: So true. What
0: what magic could that be Hmm. if you are the one educator who finally says, you can do this? You know what? Maybe your writing was horrible. In junior high and high school but guess what we're in college now we're going to fix that and you're going to be okay you know what maybe you hated math you you just couldn't stand at the sight of a calculator gave you hives but guess what <laughs> in, in yes. college we're going to turn that around so
1: i love it be
0: yes be the hero for your students that you wish you had had mm. and you just never know what that student needs yeah. pour into that student you may be the first educator to ever pour into that student so all those kinds of conversations from those workshops and conferences and webinars that I would do with those mm-hmm. educators back in the day those those stories just kind of stick with me and remind me to just kind of keep doing what I do because talking to people in the speaking world like you I'm getting all kinds of gems to share with the audience that they may never have heard before.
1: Yeah, or they may yeah.
0: never have had anybody say, you can do this. You've got yeah. this. I want right. to come XYZ, so you can too. Yeah. So that's kind of what
1: keeps me moving. I, I love it. Look, you got me, you got me ready to go back to school, Rich. <laughs> 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 oh man, but just you're right. You're right. I mean that a professor, a teacher. Change someone's life. I mean, just the words, you know, the words of encouragement. You're right.
0: Yeah. For sure, for sure. But yeah, and that was just such an awesome team that I worked with. They were so smart. Oh my goodness. I, I, I was telling you about, oh, I was telling you about one of them off the air. Yeah. Damon, oh my goodness, he is so smart. When I see his number show up on my caller ID, I feel like I need to go read the dictionary really fast. Or right. Something, so.
1: right, you know, the conversation is going to go somewhere where I'm going to have to know some big words to be able to engage in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: a great group of colleagues really smart yeah. really sharp but um at the same time really kind sweet
1: people yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm sure you made you you were someone who brought another element to it just to raise the bar and the standard you know for the group you know and what in what you do
0: yeah yeah i i i loved it uh we we had a lot of cool opportunities to teach each teach each other things that we each did really well there was somebody mm. on the team who was really great with all these different activities like she mm. she could show up with a roll of toilet paper and have all kinds of activities for the audience and wow. we had another was a fantastic storyteller and somebody else who was great at creating session titles and somebody else who was great with graphics and so we would come together and teach each other those yeah strategies or Mm. tools in our wheelhouses that each one of us just excelled at and we would help to up level each other with showing our tricks of the trade or our our, our secret uh, geniuses if you will right
1: yeah yeah i I love it i love it (laughs) i love it that's awesome
0: jason what else do our listeners need to know from you
1: in order to make sure they own the microphone wow well i think you know, one of the one of the things we you know we do as and, and I I want people to, to look at themselves as a speaker. I recently started a program at one of the local schools in my hometown. It's called You Speak Now Academy. And I had to give a presentation to the entire school because uh each of the students had an opportunity to join a group during their their uh their opportunity period is what they call it. And so I had to give a presentation to kind of to recruit students and to You Speak Now Academy. And do you know that there's a word called glossophobia, which is the fear of public speaking? And it's about 75% of human beings struggle with the the idea of, of giving of giving a public speech, right? I'm sure it's probably even more. But what I, I, I said to the students during that presentation is that uh, you speak all the time, you know, but it's the idea of getting up and speaking in front of other people. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear that people are not going to like what you have to say or connect with what you have to say that, that drives that fear and makes it, makes it worse. and makes you feel like you can't do it. I want you to disrupt those thoughts and not believe it. And And what I want listeners to understand is that your stage is your life. And if you are afraid to speak, then that means you're afraid to live. Because you think about your voice, your voice really is you breathing, you giving life to your own your own existence, right? So if you can't speak, if the idea of speaking uh, makes you uh, afraid, then that means that you're afraid to 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 live, you're afraid to spread your wings. If, imagine if a bird was afraid to fly. A bird was created to fly. Right. But if if it wasn't able to fly, I think it would die. And so we as speakers, we were created to communicate. We were created to connect. We were created to have relationships with people. So don't allow the fear of speaking stop you from walking in your purpose, walking in your gift. Everybody has a stage to own and it's called your life.
0: That's an awesome message to end on. Thank you so much, Jason A. Dixon. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Bridget.
0: Mm -hmm. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, this is Bridget McGowan. Make sure you always own the microphone.